What's up, Devi peoples? It's EK. Kyle and I are back, and we are pumped. It has been an awesome weekend of football so far. Still some games going on. If you see me looking to the side, I might be watching Oregon State beat down San Jose State. That's going. Uh, yeah, excited to be back with you know a lot of games and a full slate and so much to talk about for Devi, for CTC, for CFF Dynasty. How are you feeling, Kyle? There's, in fact, like too much to talk about. Um, I, I started typing in the show sheet, and I had about like 40 people I wanted to talk about. And I had to stop myself, and I, I don't like stopping myself. So <laughs> I was like, I left. No one wants to listen to all that. Everybody wants to listen to me talk about fucking the South Alabama running back room, right? It's drone off stats about guys they've never heard of. That's what makes good content. So it's it's really it's really crazy. Ladamian Webb only played like 13 snaps, even though he's like <laughs> the best running back on the team. Was he injured or not? We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. So look, we got we got a lot. We got a lot going on. We got a lot to talk about. We're gonna try to keep it snappy. We're gonna try to keep it to stuff that we think you guys care about. Because yeah, Kyle and I could literally talk about G5 football for three hours right now. We're not going to do that. We're going to try to give you the we build, a quick quick primer on what you need to be doing in CTC and Debbie. And uh, but first, what was what was your favorite game you watched, Kyle? What was what what got what got you going? Oh, I mean, I think it's obvious. I think it's pretty much everybody's favorite game that we saw this weekend so far. I mean, LSU Florida State's still going to happen. I think that'll be a good game. But Colorado and TCU was just incredible. I mean that yeah. was that was peak college football in week one with with Gus Johnson on the call and everything, just an amazing game. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on it. I have a lot of thoughts on both sides of the ball um, that I'm I'm sure we'll get to. But I mean, talk that's the closest game of the week I think, and the, really the only one of the only like majorly like close games between Power Five teams. So. Yeah, this this low hanging fruit. I mean, that was, that was definitely one of the. I mean, that's probably going to be you know a, a top fifteen game of, of the season. Really, it was a lot of fun. Just really the the coming out party uh, for Prime and his kid and everything that they have going on there. But man, it was, it was a hell of a game. I mean, I you, you, some people are knocking Shader. You know, he wasn't perfect in the first half, but like, dude, they were getting it done, and it's not like they were playing against you know, Maine or like, you know, a, a, a decent football team for sure. Yeah. And they played so fast. They played so many offensive snaps. I think there's definitely CFF production there. We'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Cool, man. All right. You want to launch right into our top performers. Top performers. I mean, well, there's a lot of uh, very – um very regular names on this list that are on this list this week. Um, Caleb Williams, 24. I don't know what stats that you put in there, but Caleb Williams oh, had a huge game. Against, 18 completions. And 3,195 yards. <laughs> or three hundred, <laughs> probably 319 yards and five touchdowns, I'm guessing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it was actually. It was, it was actually yeah. Yeah. 
Caleb Williams has a big game against um, Nevada. That's what we've come to expect from him. I mean, he's just, you know, the best player in college football, I think, um, and the number one overall pick next year. So we come to expect that from him. And then also in the Pac-12, in Washington, uh, Michael Penix Jr. has yet another great game from him. 52.3 fantasy points for him, 450 passing yards, five touchdowns. And with that, obviously his two wide receivers, Roma Dunze, Jalen McMillan, both also have big games. Um, I believe like 30-plus fantasy point produ- pr- production for both those guys. And then Texas A&M. (laughs) Texas A&M was a bit of a surprise to me. They came out and they passed the ball, and they passed the ball well. Um, Connor Wegman looked really good as a starting quarterback. I think um, there's reason to believe that he could be the most talented quarterback in the SEC this year. Um, yeah, I like I, Wegman, man. I've been, I have been, um, you know, shoveling coal into that fire uh, as much as I can. I think he's just been underrated because Jimbo is just, you know, a caveman play caller. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he gets a new offensive coordinator in Bobby Petrino, and Petrino apparently is willing to air it out and air it out. He did, and there were two wide receivers that saw um, great production because of that too. Evan Stewart and Noah Thomas both finished in the top 10 at wide receiver fantasy points for this week. Uh, Stewart put up eight receptions for 150, 115 yards and two touchdowns, while Noah Thomas had six receptions for 74 yards and three touchdowns. So big game for Noah Thomas. To... Kind of the... Oh, sorry, man. Go ahead. I was trying to lead it. Noah Thomas, kind of the new name there. Uh, exciting. You yeah. Know, we thought it was going to be Moose Muhammad kind of as the, the wide receiver. Or Nia Smith, there, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Braylon Allen, um, his first game as the Wisconsin running back under offensive coordinator Phil Longo, and um, he brings a totally new um, facet to his play in this one. Uh, of course, he he did gets it done on the ground. Seventeen carries, one hundred and forty one yards, and two touchdowns. But he also got seven targets in this game, caught all seven, and had twenty five receiving yards. So obviously, those are little dump offs, but those in terms of fantasy are huge for production. That's seven free fantasy points you just got that you yeah, wouldn't have fantasy. gotten from Braylon last year. And also for Braylon's draft profile, right? Because that's been the knock. That's why people are like, no, no, no. He's the RB4 in this class. But, like, you give Braylon Allen, like, 50 catches this year, it's really tough not to call him the RB1 for uh, Debbie and, and fantasy football purposes, I think. Well, there are other very good running backs. But <laughs> that will definitely have their arguments, too. I'm oh, sure. curious. Yeah, I, I, um, we could argue a handful of guys there, but uh, I just like that's been the knock on his pro that. And I don't think he has the top end speed. I think he's a four or five, five guy, but he's 130 pounds, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's true. I mean, not everybody can be Derrick Henry. Curious what his, um, season receiving total is i wonder if he has beaten his like freshman season receiving total in uh, one no, game. he had 20 catches 19 or 20 i looked at this a couple of weeks ago when we were doing um big 10 
So no, he had thirteen last year and eight in his freshman season. So oh, he is so halfway close. to last year's <laughs> receiving yes. production in just one game. So um yeah, definitely a change of pace for Braylon Allen, but he's still succeeding, of course. Um and then another top performer is the Oregon offense as a whole. I mean, this is what we expected. They're playing against Portland State. I think the only surprise to me was that they didn't keep Bo Nix out there to throw six touchdowns um, because, you know, they're so uh, intent on trying to get him the Heisman, but apparently not. Um, He he gets just three passing touchdowns, but combined with the two backups that saw some late play, they they threw for 368 passing yards, threw four passing touchdowns. Bucky Irving had a huge day on the ground on just four carries. He uh, got two touchdowns and 137 yards. Added a couple of catches as well. And then Troy Franklin showed out alongside Bo Nix in the first half. Seven receptions, 106 yards, and two touchdowns. That is um, definitely a huge start for a guy that we're excited about in Devi and CFF. Yeah, Irving with a casual 35 yards per carry. <laughs> no big deal. Yeah, that'll happen every week, right? <laughs> it's still fun as hell, though. Just uh, imagine and, what happens know. when he gets 20 carries and he gets 700 <laughs> rushing yards. <laughs> you know, but uh, Irving is underrated, I think. He's, you know, he, he gets knocked for the size a little bit, but uh, I don't know. The explosiveness and elusiveness is, is, you know, carries him. So I do think he's got some Debbie potential. Tough to put him in day two just because there's so many goddamn good running backs in this class. But, uh, you know, I think if this past year, I could have put him in day two, you know, I like him more than some of those guys. Um, yeah. Yeah. I had, a couple, I had a couple of G5 guys that really went off too, or I guess Emory Jones is, did they move up this year? Since yeah, they're so he's in the big 12. P5. So Emory Jones, the definition of a journeyman in college who is now, I believe in his third program. Number yes. three, but it seems to be lucky number three as he opens the season with not a big deal, just a seven-touchdown performance, five through the air, two rushing. Yeah, sure, it was against, uh, you know, an FCS school, but uh, not Eastern nonetheless. Kentucky. Eastern Kentucky. Not to be confused Kentucky. with Western Kentucky, which is actually kind of decent. Who's actually a good program, right? <laughs> uh, wait, is Eastern Kentucky G5? or No, they're, they are no, FCS, right? They're FCS, yeah. yes. Anyways, uh, surprising a little bit because Jones is a guy that had hype earlier in his career and then really last year was not able to get the job against, you know, people that we thought he was going to be able to win out against. Um, but looks like Satterfield's doing what he does down there in Cincinnati and, you know, organizing a program. We'll see how it goes in conference play. But nonetheless, it's interesting, exciting and uh, easy waiver pickup if you want a flyer on a you know cheap 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 quarterback. I definitely fix. think uh, everything gets a lot more difficult for Cincinnati down the stretch than. Yes, of course. The same could be said for I think eighty percent of the guys we're talking about right now. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I I'm still not sold on Cincinnati having talent like I am like an Oregon or Washington. Yeah, well. But. We'll talk about them a little bit more later, but yeah, I don't think that anyone's putting them in that uh, category. Uh, but I think the coaching's good. I think they've got a little bit of talent, so we'll, we'll see. And then uh, the other guy that I threw out there was Marcus Carroll from Georgia State, uh, who was the top available running back in terms of production uh, in most of my leagues. 20, 23 carries, 184 yards, three touchdowns. Georgia State, you know, is a G5 guy. He might be good later in the season. 
you know, in uh, in conference play of the weaker teams. And there's a few other guys that really had big performances too. Jalen Buckley uh, stood out to me. He was owned in, in most of my leagues, so Really? Um, I found um, in most of my leagues it was uh, Keyshawn King that was rostered on uh, Western Michigan. Uh, yeah, Buckley's – I, I, I looked around. He's not – maybe people picked him up last week, though. When was his first game? I think this was his first game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't see him out there a lot. And Jaden Ott also, you know, racking up yardage. I think the uh, tales of that becoming a committee have been largely exaggerated. Jaden Ott eating in his performance. Uh, Afonso had a good game, though, too. Yeah, yeah, he Um, did. He did. Yeah. Um, I think he had 90 yards by himself. Yeah. Yeah, Jaden Ott had 9.4 yards a game, right? Like, yeah. So And they played played a uh, decent team, did they not? Uh, North Texas? Not FCS, but. Yeah, not. Oh, Afonso had joke. three touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, there it is. You know what? Maybe there's a situation where they're both good. Also, I think the the quarterback played okay, and that was my fear, really, for that offense was just that they were downgrading from Plummer, who himself was nothing inspiring for me. Um, but you know, seems but was, like but was really good this week <laughs> against Georgia. Was really Tech. good this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. All right. Anyone else where we're talking about top performers? Well, I guess one to throw out there, Benjamin Urasek, resurgent. Um, my man was the guy a couple of years I ago. I am not for... surprised. No, I mean, not he's the most talented pass catcher there. With We both had him uh, having like a major comeback season, but, you know, nine catches, 138 yards. It's, I wouldn't have called that, but, uh, yeah. you know, I'll take you, uh... it. You mentioned Jack Plummer, so I'll, I'll mention him too. He had a great game. And then Jamari Thrash as his wide receiver one out of the slot, eight. I think he had nine catches, probably like two touchdowns. So a big game for Thrash. I think that'll continue throughout the season. So I think that's a yeah. good name to watch. Yeah, awesome. Uh, cool. So I think we'll kind of segue here into our breakouts and busts. And yeah, I mean, there you know, there's a little bit of overlap between some of these categories, but these are the guys that Kyle and I really wanted to highlight for some special attention. Yeah, yeah, I definitely wanted to give my guys some special. These attention. are basically your victory lap, <laughs> starting in <laughs> yeah, in, in breakouts. We can both take credit for this first one. We both like this guy, yeah. um, and that's, that's Mikey Keene, the quarterback from UCF, transferring to Fresno State this off season. Ends up winning the job after a pretty long quarterback battle and um, goes 31 for 44, 365 yards, four touchdowns, one interception, leading the way to an upset victory over Purdue for Fresno State. Um, So a big game for him in his first game on the West Coast. Um, And I'm excited for the rest of the season with him. Yeah, loving it. Um, you know, that system is uber productive. Mikey Keene's a guy that had had moments of good play earlier in his career where it was UCF transfer, right? And yeah. just seems to slot right in there. I mean, we both knew that he was going to get the job and he was going to go nuclear, and he has. And he didn't Next even one, use his legs in week one, which is kind of Yeah, he had like a couple of carries, but that wasn't what he was doing, you know. Yeah, it was yeah. mostly just chucking it. 
Next one is go a back and Kyle Speft. Oh, oh, yeah. Was just, yeah. <laughs> <Jones> <laughs> <your guy. laughs> well, okay, well, we'll talk about Ash and GD. Um, yeah, Jaunty's the guy in the big board series where I was like, no, we can't put him ahead of Jaunty. We can't put him ahead of Jaunty. And then, um, you know, week one, he he proves it. Playing against a Washington team that's definitely better than this Boise State team. Uh, 10 carries for 44 yards and a touchdown. Four receptions on four targets that he turns into 109 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown. Um, seems to be more of the 1A than George Holani is and Holani being the 1B, um, which isn't something a lot of people expected, and I think that's a huge step forward for Jaunty and his pro, pro potential. Yeah, loved it. Jaunty's a guy that obviously has gotten a lot of – sorry, this is all I could do for highlights, but I wanted to play some because he did <laughs> look like good at TikTok. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 um, man, he looked, he looked great in that game, and you know he did all the things that – you know, we've been talking about him being able to do, you saw in, in, in both phases, you saw him playing physical, uh, stiff armed some dude into the ground there. And uh, yeah, you know, definitely a, a, one of those guys that despite him starting his career at a lower level of college football has NFL prospects for sure. So yeah, we can, we can bounce back and forth. I wasn't picking up what you're laying down there, but uh, so, <laughs> My first breakout was a guy that had caught my eye when I was doing the conference previews just because who the heck else was going to be the RB1 for Colorado. And again, we're going to talk about Colorado a lot today, I think, just because there's a lot to talk about. But Dylan Edwards, go off, young man. So Edwards, if you don't know, he's a little guy. He's like a speed back. Like basically he's, you know, a freshman version of Devin A-Chain in terms of speed and, and and what he does with the football. He hasn't proven himself to the next extent yet, but it certainly is an exciting start. Uh, young man only had six carries for 24 yards and a tutty, but he had five catches for 135 yards and three more tutties. Kid is electric, basically touches the ball. He's in the end zone. There was a half dozen times in that game that he had no right getting by somebody and just just purely put on the Jets and, and got around. Uh, so I, I'm excited. You know, a true freshman, first game playing, uh, you know, at this level. Uh, you know, you don't like seeing – you don't like relying on uh, scoring a touchdown on every third touch. But to me, that's displaying some talent that there might be more to this than just the stat sheet. Yeah, I'm definitely um, su- surprised by Edwards' performance, um, encouraged. I think um, he strikes me as a future NFL player. I don't know how productive he'll be in college on the way to that, but um, I definitely think he'll make it to the league in the future. My next breakout goes to another guy that I really like who's kind of similar to Dylan Edwards in the fact that he's a little smaller pretty fast, and that is a running back from Michigan State. Nathan Carter transfers in from UConn. Um, there were concerns about whether or not he or Jalen Berger would be the RB1 at Michigan State this year, and it seems that Carter takes the job in week one. 18 carries for 113 yards and a touchdown alongside a 21-yard reception. Meanwhile, Jalen Berger has just eight attempts and averages like three yards a carry in the first game. Um, so big game for Nathan Carter against central Michigan. 
Um, I think he seems to be the guy in the backfield and um, we've seen success in this backfield um, under Mel Tucker. So Nathan Carter, big performance in week one. I, I thought he looked great too, man. I watched a lot of that game and, and he, he is fast and just explosive, like touches the ball, hits the jets, catches the corner. Um, I mean, you know, it, Maybe we'll do a film session on him later in the year. But what I liked at first glance, I was like, oh, man, this kid looks like he might have NFL tools. They have him listed at 200 pounds, which was the big concern. He was playing under 200. Man, if that kid does this for the next year and a half and, and comes into the NFL and steps on a scale of 204, I'm excited for him uh, for the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was a little bit of a naysayer just because his production last year came against weak teams. And I'd been very excited about him before I discovered that. So uh, I think uh, it's good to be, uh, you know, it's good for the young man to be able to prove himself against a little bit stiffer of a competition. Uh, I don't want to just list all the Colorado players and their stat lines, but <laughs> you know, as, I, as I was joking earlier, the, the answer to who to draft from that offense was just everybody. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it, we'll, we'll talk about is this sustainable a little bit more later. But, uh, oh, God, I just had the sheet up. Uh, Travis Hunter, 11 catches, 119 yards. Xavier Weaver, 6 catches, 118 yards. Jimmy Horn, 11 catches, 117 yards. I was just going to talk about Jimmy Horn, man, but, like, right now it, it seems like they're distributing the ball somewhat evenly. I can't imagine that 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 hunters can really play 140 snaps or 110 snaps every game. I just – not if he wants to like preserve himself. I don't think. I think this was a showcase game. See what he can do, and maybe they back off that a little bit. I, I don't know. Also, I think Prime wants to win games, so Travis Hunter is definitely he's definitely winning. Uh, they they interviewed him after the game, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm ready to play another drive." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's something else, man. That is something else. Um, so yeah, look, I, I think I think more will be revealed there in terms of. Um, you know, what that target distribution looks like, but they're playing fast. They're throwing the ball a lot, you know, kind of got some of those air ready kind of just like, you know, spread them out and throw it. So I don't see why we can't have two or three guys here. They're successful every week. Um, see what happens against tougher um, secondaries, but, you know, and, and I thought they all played well too. They all made good plays. I think they're yeah. all good players. And, you know, I think we'll see, one or two of these guys go to the NFL. Maybe, you know, Weaver's oh, a little bit older. Hunter is 100% going to the NFL. Hunter is oh, Hunter's gonna the, be like Hunter, Hunter is the first non-quarterback off the board in his draft class. Yes, I agree. But I, I think Jimmy Horn goes to the NFL too late because he's a slot guy. He's a little slot guy. But I think he goes to the NFL. And I think Weaver does too, but just probably like a day three pick, UDFA type. But kid looks good playing ball. All right, my next name is Jordan James, a uh, former four-star recruit uh, committed to, I believe, Georgia last year or uh, Tennessee, one of those SEC teams. Ends up going to Oregon instead. Um, had a pretty solid freshman season, nothing spectacular, but comes in to this one in his first game as a true sophomore and gets 10 carries for 86 yards and three touchdowns with um, all three touchdowns and most of that production coming in the first half. Um, I definitely think he's going to get mixed in for the rest of the season. 
um, especially near the goal line. I could see him vulturing a lot of Bucky Irving touchdowns um, just because he is a bigger back. Um, and he's a guy who I think, once again, has shown his talent on the field. Um, I think he's going to have to take his licks this year and just kind of keep waiting behind um, Noah Whittington and Bucky Irving. But um, I think going into next year, Jordan James is going to be a guy that we're talking about a lot once he can take over the RB1 role at Oregon just because he just continues to show his talent every time he's on the field. So um, there's a little victory lap for Jordan James. Yeah, no, you're, you're well-deserved, too, uh, by you and Jordan James. If Bucky's off to the NFL for sure. Uh, Noah Whittington might hang around. That might be the only fly in your ointment. But uh, he is like James, fifth year. Yeah, James, well, maybe. I don't know. Um, J- James is, I think, the most talented guy there other than Bucky, um, if not altogether. I will say they, you know, it was everyone got carries. Dante Dow got eight. Jaden Lee Mark. Yeah. Eight, right? Yeah, but, but, but James got his with the first team. Yeah, they pulled Bucky Irving when it became apparent that they didn't need him at all. Yeah, which was after four carries. <laughs> after four carries. Right? But, uh, but there were drives early on where it was Irving and James both playing. Yeah. No, and I love and, and, and Whittington didn't play, so that's that that's that part of it. Um yeah, James but, James was a guy I drafted a lot because he was available late in those supplementals and then kind of got off of him just because he didn't he heard crickets, you know. He got got a few carries last year, didn't look bad, just looked buried on the depth chart. And uh, usually I'm nervous if a guy can't, you know, get work his second season, but it looks like James is doing it. So fears quelled. Uh, my next breakout here is a Debbie Dose favorite, which I think actually originates with you, Kyle, although I've been a big champion of this I think guy. we were both so there. Yeah. Uh, J. Michael Sturdivant, the game, five catches, 136 yards, and a touchdown. Just instant chemistry with Dante, uh, Dante Moore, mm-hmm. but was fine with the other kid throwing the ball Garbers. too. Was, yeah, Garbers. Um, you know, but I – is it just Dante Moore's offense now? I mean, should be. It 100% Garbers. should be. He, he'll play Garbers. So, I, you know, I, I don't – what are you What are you doing if you're not playing him, you know? You know, what's, what's crazy to me, too, is that both of them jumped Colin Schley. Colin Schley, I kind of thought would be the QB, too, maybe. But Moore jumps him right off the bat. So, um, yeah, yeah Jay – Garbers had been around in the system, right? That's why yeah. he, yeah. And and Sturdivant, just like um, Schley and Moore, is also in his first year at UCLA. Uh, played last season at Cal, transfers in, and does that in his first game. So very impressed by Sturdivant out there and excited to see what's to come. I tell you what, he's in his last season at UCLA too. I'll uh, mark that one down now. Pretty sure he's a true sophomore, but he's not. You make that call. Redshirt. He's a redshirt sophomore. Oh. Okay. I don't. Hey, dude, um, he's gonna get drafted. He's he's got all. No, I goals. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. My um, next and final guy is a true freshman. Um, I kind of just filtered through true freshmen and found the guy who impressed me the most, and this is um, a bit of a surprise. A true freshman wide receiver at Mississippi State. 
Creed Whittemore. He was uh, rated as an athlete coming out of high school, was a high four-star, the 12th-rated athlete in the class, um, and had four receptions for 59 yards and a touchdown through the air, and then also had two carries, which he turned into 57 yards and a touchdown. Definitely seems like an athletic player. Um, Mississippi State was playing a nobody school, Southeast Louisiana, so... I'm sure that has something to do with it, but getting on the field as a true freshman in your first game, always impressive. Love to see it from guys who we weren't. There are guys who we were like, yeah, this player's really good. You know, Zachariah Branch, Deuce Robinson, um, Jonte Cook. Like those guys all got on the field week one, but we were all expecting them to do that. Um, Creed Whittemore is a name that I have heard nothing of. So um, to get two touchdowns in your first collegiate game, pretty impressive. Indeed it is. I had one last one. I think we deleted it. I have two, I guess. Here. I don't know. Uh, one, Damian Martinez uh, for Oregon State, playing right now, currently has 18 carries, 145 yards, and a couple of tutties. He's also got a couple of receptions and another 19 yards. Looks like that game just wrapped up against San Jose State, but I, I think there was some fear that he was going to be in more of a committee this year, and uh, looks like that fear was not founded. Uh, are you are you in on Martinez now, Kyle? No, no. It's San Jose State. He's good. He's a good player. I I don't um, think he's a bad player, but he also had no touchdowns. Um, just to be clear, you said a couple of tutties, zero oh, touchdowns. Yeah, zero, he got zero, his zero. touchdowns uh, swiped by DJ Uyangalele and Deshaun Fenwick, which is what I was most scared of. Yeah, yeah, it could happen. Um, and then the other breakout I had here was Dion Burks, uh, redshirt sophomore wide receiver for Purdue. Uh, 10 targets, four catches, 152 yards, and a couple of scores. He's a kid that had some hype last year, and they got hurt real bad, um, had a neck injury. And uh, looks like he has slotted in into the shoes that uh, – Charlie Jones left behind, and uh, if he's that guy, then it's a guy you want to roster. I'm surprised you um, you didn't bring up a name that would be uh, make me a little salty. Um, being one Wesley Grimes from Wake Forest, who I dropped <laughs> in a league, and you picked up after a uh, touchdown performance with like five receptions, I think, and a hundred yards. So, yeah. Also, also a lot of fun. I think Dion's the one this year, but I think Grimes is is going to be the or guy. Banks. Jamal Banks, the one this year. Oh uh, wait, I'm mixing up teams. Oh, you're talking yeah. about sorry. I, you're mixing I'm just, up teams. I'm just I get ending. Purdue and Wake Forest confused because they're both black and gold. <laughs> I'm I'm just finishing the breakouts by bringing that up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, and we had some busts to talk about too. You're gonna get oh, like a yeah. sap porn sound, Kyle. Here's our first, and that is Ohio State and their offense as a whole. Playing against Indiana, um, not a top-tier opponent by any means. Um, obviously still a Power 5 school, but not the best team they're going to play, that's for sure. And um, they came out struggling to move the ball in both phases of the game. Uh, passing wise, Kyle McCord came out and started 
as we knew he would, and then got benched just once. Like Devin Brown had like two drives, I think, um, which isn't what I expected, especially especially not what I expected once Kyle McCord struggled, and struggle he did. 20 uh, completions on 33 attempts, 239 passing yards, no touchdowns, and an interception, and a pretty bad interception. He he rolled out uh, right and then threw across his body towards the middle of the field, which is like, you know, QB 101, don't do that. Um, Unless you're like Caleb Williams or Pat Mahomes. Yeah, exactly. So that's not great for him. Devin Brown, like I said, came in and then threw three attempts, uh, completed one pass for negative two yards and handed off the ball a few times. Um, yeah. And then the running game, good, better than the passing game, but still not impressive. Um, they averaged just 4.8 yards a carry as a whole. Um, Trayvon Henderson leads the way in attempts with 12 attempts for 47 yards. Um, Chip Trayanum behind him with eight attempts for 57 yards. So a very um, efficient day for Trayanum on the ground. And then Mayan Williams mixes in with seven carries for just 25 yards, but gets the two touchdowns. Um, so vulturing those red zone carries as he does. And then the wide receivers, not what we expected um, at all. Marvin Harrison Jr., Many believe he's the best wide receiver in college football, myself included. Had six targets in this game, caught just two of them for 18 yards. Um, we thought the connection would be there with Kyle McCord. I believe these two played together in high school, um, but it was not. Um, didn't seem to have the timing right between the two of them. Did not get his season off to a fast start. And then Emeka Ibuka had just four targets, caught three of them for 16 yards. Are are you worried about both of these guys going forward into this season? How can you not be? I mean, maybe it was just a bad game for McCord, but for me, kind of all offseason, the lack of, like, effusive praise and the lack of a clear winner in the QB contest has been a little bit concerning right just enough to like most of you all in the debbie community were like oh no no they're both awesome they're both great and just, like, <laughs> yeah it usually happen like that right like if there's not a if you don't have a qb1 you probably don't have qbs right like that's the the old statement right um so i i you know i was willing to be like oh like i i drafted mccord when he was floating around in one of my supplementals spent some money on him there but uh yeah, yeah, maybe it was just a bad game. I remember – I'm old enough to remember C.J. Stroud starting slow when he took the reins over uh, for the offense, had a couple of bad games, and then quickly put those fears to rest. Uh, I know, and I'm not worried about Ibuka or Harrison from a Debbie perspective, although if it's a really bad season, you wonder if it doesn't, you know, just like slightly weigh down the draft stock uh, from being like top five and top 15 guys to a few picks later. But, uh, yeah, for CFF right now, I'm terrified because if you have those guys, you invested highly in them and you were relying on them to win your leagues. And it looks like, you know, I'm not saying it's going to be like this every week, but it looks like they might not be consistent. Um, and that's what you need from a guy that, you know, is is was your wide receiver one and, and you know, probably you're like 101 to 103 in, uh, in a draft. Uh, how do you feel about it? Um. I agree with you completely. Um, but 
I'll be optimistic. I, I, I think I'm still optimistic. Um, I think one of these quarterbacks will find a way to perform. Um, I didn't think McCord looked completely horrible. I thought the ball came out of his hand really well. Um, just needs to improve the decision-making a little bit. Missed some open guys. Um, obviously, through that awful pick, had another one that should have been picked. Um, but maybe he just had the yips. I don't know. Um, it's his first career start, like we said. So, yeah, and, I mean, he, he and he's got Brown heels. breathing on his neck. Nipping at his heels. Yeah. yeah. You would have liked to see him smooth it out in the second half, though. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it started rough, a couple of bad drives, and then it got better. But I don't know. I think I, I think either either it'll get better or we'll be seeing Brown out there in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And if he don't get better, <laughs> they're going to move heaven and hell to get uh, a transfer in. So. <laughs> So a bit late uh, for our, our fantasy yeah. hopes this year. They'll just start Air Nolandy as a freshman next yeah. year. <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, yeah, we had a lot of the same butts too, so just kind of like rock through them here. Jaquinda Jackson's a guy that, you know, maybe had some Debbie hype, and we all thought he was going to at least do a lot of damage for CFF this year. I mean, he ended the season on an absolute tear last year, and yeah, it was like, you know, Pac-12 defenses for the most part, but God, who'd they play this week? It wasn't anyone special, right? Florida. Oh, they played Florida. Yeah. He's got a good defense, so maybe we don't yeah. freak out, but but it was real bad. Like, Jaquindon Jackson was in, like, three of my lineups, and he got you, like, three points. <laughs> so, not a yeah. good feeling. I definitely think Florida is a top three defense they'll play all season. Um, yeah. And probably the best run defense they'll play all season. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if we, you and I were talking to you, uh, Micah Bernard, who's been kicking around there forever, who's an extreme athlete, but we never thought he was a real threat in terms of, you know, running ability, uh, outcarried Jackson and outsnapped him. But maybe that was more a function of them knowing that they weren't going to be able to move the ball on the ground because he's their, yeah. their scat back. Yeah, it was also just a weird game for them. I mean, Cam Rising was out. Brant Cuthie was out. We expect both those guys to be the leaders of the team. So um could be a totally different game plan than what we see the rest of the season. You never know. Still, you'd think you lean on your RB1, right? Like yeah, but, QB1's gone. But QB1's gone, so they're loading the box, right? That's true. That's right? True. Yeah, I'm sure there's more more chess to it than's obvious to me sitting on my couch. Um, <laughs> but you want to lead the next one? Sure. Um, Dorian Singer, I put him down. Two catches for 37 yards. Um, we uh, expected USC to you know spread the wealth like they did in Week Zero. They did that again. Um, but Singer, once again, a little disappointing. I, I think he just had two targets. Week zero, he just had four targets, four receptions. Um, does not seem to be the wide receiver one in this offense. Um, we'll see if that changes when they start playing tougher opponents, um, if they have to rely on him more, and if they're just trying to get these freshman looks against bad teams or something. Um, he's obviously yeah. still fast. I'm, I mean, I, I, I don't think that changed. So I think he'll probably have some big plays down the stretch against Pac-12 teams. but Yeah, uh, so right now on USC, he has the fifth most receiving yardage. 
Uh, he is tied for the team lead in receptions, though, at six. But like, still, nonetheless, like that's problematic for his draft profile and problematic for like CFF. You can't start this kid. We were hoping for something akin to what Addison did last year, uh, which was like okay for CFF um, and enough to really, you know, round out his draft profile. And I don't know you're going to get that from Singer at this point. You and I were talking a couple of months ago about this where we said when we were doing we were doing this team previews, we said, what does Dorian Singer really do that Mario Williams doesn't other than being run fast. Mario Williams runs fast. He's just not of size. Uh, Todd Washington apparently also runs fast. He is their receiving yardage leader by a good 80 yards over Singer. Um, so mm-hmm. look, we knew they were going to spread the ball out, but you were hoping that he was going to do enough to kind of defend that draft position of people having him as a day two pick. And uh, we're going to need to see more from him down the stretch or singer. Ain't gonna so be a top 100 pick. USC in this game had nine guys in between 14 and 19 routes. Um, so everybody has been involved in this offense in the first two weeks. The question is, is that a product of them playing bad teams or is that what we're going to see all season? And I uh, think that they do have the talent deep enough to do that all season. Yeah, I, I think the answer is both, right? I think Lincoln Riley always, always has a rotation going, always uses different packages. Also, yeah, you don't need to play your best guys against Nevada. Stanford, eh, Arizona State. I don't know. Colorado might be the first real challenge on their schedule. You know, not that Arizona State's terrible, but Arizona. Arizona State is terrible. Arizona State's terrible. Are they bad? Really bad this year? I thought they were going to be a little better. We were thinking they were going to be a little better. They beat Northern Utah by two points on Friday night. (laughs) So you and I had hopes that they were going to be a little better because the coaching changes. It's it's growing pains for them. I mean, Jaden Rashad in his first year taking over the starting job as a freshman that, that it'll be a rough season for them. But I think the long-term outlook is there. That's a guy we could have dropped in breakouts too. Jalen Rashad starting as a true freshman and being okay. Not great. Against Northern okay. Utah. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> true freshman though. You know what I mean? True freshmen usually don't play great. Um, all right. Jalil Farouk was one of yours, but you know, was nominally supposed to be the wide receiver one at Oklahoma and- this year. I think it's a big deal because Drake Stoops went down in this game and then they still didn't lean on Farouk. They leaned on Gavin Freeman after Stoops went down. Um, the thing is, Farouk did lead the Jaquazy team. Jaquazy Petaway. Yeah, Jaquazy Petaway played well too as a true freshman in his first game. Could have put him on the, the breakouts. Most targets and catches, yeah. Should have put him on the breakouts. Should have. Um, We're slacking. We're slacking. <laughs> but yeah, Oklahoma beats up on Arkansas State for 60 minutes, and uh, Jalil Farouk gets two targets, no receptions. Still leads the team in routes run, so there is that. But um, yeah, Drake Stoops had four catches before he got hurt. Gavin Freeman had four catches after he got hurt. Uh, Jaquazy Petaway had 10 targets, <laughs> nine receptions for 56 yards. That's yeah, that's a, most of those, that's a crazy part about it. Petaway for me is he's the fastest player on the team and his ADOT was four. Yeah, Six. they were um most of those were in the second half of Jackson Arnold, and I'd imagine they were trying to give Jackson Arnold layups, right? 
Yeah. Um, oh, Petaway's ADOT was 0. 0.4, actually. <laughs> Greens. You don't love that, but that's, you know, again, it's trying to get the young guys involved in the game. Yeah. Um, so uh, jumping to my guys, sneaking back to yours, uh, Corey Rucker is a guy that I've been high on for a couple of years, thought he was going to be good at SC last year, destroyed his knee, and uh, back to back home to Arkansas State, I really thought he was going to be a CFF superstar, and he had one catch. He did have four targets, so it could be more just yeah. uh, maybe, maybe, maybe he's a downfield role and the quarterback sucks, but I don't know. I don't think I, I don't drink, think the dream is dead. Arkansas State is going to play 11 teams that are much worse than Oklahoma uh, throughout the rest of the season. Uh, Rucker leads the team in targets with four, um, was second among wide receivers in routes run. So um, I think there's still long-term outlook there isn't horrible. I'm not rushing to drop him or anything. Going forward, I'll I'll give him a Ain't few weeks him, against. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. I I think we could see like five receptions for eighty yards and a touchdown next week against a bad team. Yeah, team. I, don't, I don't think you need to drop him. I just I don't know, man. If you're a CFF only guy, I kind of want to be able to lean on you. Yeah, even if it was like four catches. Yeah, yards. but but this is like the prototypical. Do not start this guy this week because yeah, yeah, yeah. he's on a horrible team and he's playing a top 15 team. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, Kamiri DK, I think, is more concerning. I think you were going through this earlier and he was like fourth in routes run. All the beats had him as the wide receiver one all offseason. It's a guy that statistically, like in secondary metrics, looked good on paper um, in previous seasons, but one catch. I think he scored a touchdown, but I, I don't care. Uh, I'm not starting him, and I'm, I'm probably just. It sounds like all the transfers are, are the starters, basically. So and Skyler Bell, yeah, um, yeah. So Will Pauling transfers in from Cincinnati. Bryson Green transfers in from Oklahoma State. Both those guys get five targets. Skyler Bell gets five targets. Braylon Allen, as we mentioned, got seven targets, and DK gets one target. DK does lead the team in routes run. Uh, with 28 compared to second place Bryson Green with 22, so there is that. But yeah, I again, it's week one. Weird stuff happens, you know. Maybe and Mordecai, Mordecai was bad. Him, yeah, they might have just told him not to throw the ball downfield too. You know, maybe DK it seems like it. Uh, Mordecai's a dot in this game was three. Yeah, right. So, so and maybe DK was running around downfield, and that's why you didn't get targeted. I don't know. Probably shouldn't drop either one of them. I can be really aggressive in some leagues. If there's guys I know right now that like I want over them, I'm I'm gonna drop them. But I'm not dropping them for for nobody. I'm not dropping them just to drop them. But yeah, I'm dropping them for Jimmy Horn. You know, yeah, I'm dropping them for any of the guys we talked about with breakouts. Pretty much, yeah, like, yeah, James sure. Jordan. Like you know, yeah. If your name's Dylan, I'm dropping <laughs> DK for you. <laughs> yes. Um. And then I'll, I'll do my last two real quick. Jordan Curley, um, two for five yards at the SMU receiver on just three targets. Um, Jordan Hudson, um, the other wide receiver at SMU, transferred in from TCU. He had four targets in this game, turned that into two catches for 72 yards and a touchdown. Um, so Curley definitely is didn't seem like the 
number one receiving option we thought he would be. Uh, that that went to the tight end, R.J. Maryland. So um, it'll be interesting to see if he can bounce back. We, we had high hopes for him in CFF. And then uh, Richard Reese, the Baylor running back, seven carries for 14 yards. And the Oklahoma State transfer, Dominic Richardson, just came in and ate his lunch. He had 16 carries for 79 yards. Um, it definitely seems that Richardson has taken the RB1 role at Baylor. Um, and it also seems that Baylor is horrible. They lost to Texas State in this game. So um, don't think I can rely on Richard Reese in the next few weeks. The irony is that Dominic Richardson wasn't good enough to keep his own job at Oklahoma State last year. So yeah, I don't know, man. Whatever. Um, yeah, then my last two butts are kind of along the same lines. It was Tanner Mordecai, who hurts me because I like him. I thought he was going to be really good in that offense. And I started him in multiple places, and he hurt me. 24 for 31. His completion percentage was high, but for 198 yards, it's almost tough to do, right? Completing yeah. 24 passes for 198 yards. <laughs> I think it had done against Buffalo of all teams. Yeah, definitely. Buffalo, one touchdown, two interceptions. Maybe that's why they weren't turn them loose, uh, miscues, whatever it is. And then Luke McCaffrey, who just every year I want him to like really take over and break out. And yeah, he played Texas. It was a tough team, but like you'd have to think his game's mostly like catching slanted screens. So when he goes <laughs> two catches for 10 yards, it is disheartening. That's what you got from him last year. You got a 150 yard game and then you got two catches for five yards in the next game. And it's just tough. I wanted to be able to start him for CFF this year. I don't know if I should. You know, he's probably going to ride the line. I tuned into that game a couple times. Um, JT Daniels had no time to throw, like zero. He was out of the pocket immediately, um, and McCaffrey had a couple drops from when I was watching that were pretty sad. Yeah. All right. Sad stuff here, but we're moving on. Well, onward and don't forget onward. this this last name you have in here, Tamari and oh, Harden. Tamari and Harden, I forgot him. Yeah, TJ. so he wasn't he wasn't terrible. He went for like seventy six yards, but if you were drafting him where he was going, you were relying on the beats that were telling you that Carson Steele was not starting, and Carson Steele, in fact, started. TJ well, Harden was, they both had those very similar stat lines. I mean, they both went for like eighty yards. Steele got all the touchdowns. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So um, if, if TJ Harden's yeah efficient yeah sure um, but like they're the same age it's not like Steele's like a fifth year senior like I just Steele's like a third year player Harden's a sophomore ain't he Oh okay oh but whatever Steele's not like a fifth year senior is my point Yeah so if they're in a timeshare they're in a timeshare unless someone transfers right um, Yeah kind of disappointing well, but Harden played well though uh, Yeah. I think he's still talented. Um, had a good game, so uh, not like dropping him. Yards carry. No, not dropping him. Yeah. Just like, it just feels like he can't start him right now, you know? One guy, though, that I am dropping that I didn't put in the show sheet at running back, Kai Thomas, Kent State, did not see the field. Um, I didn't think Kai Thomas was good. He's just – is the I P5 knew, I guy the transferring down to Kent State. You I know, know, but like P5 guy that lost every job he's had since he's been <laughs> in college. Like, every one of them. Yeah, so. he, he was on the milk carton this week. He was missing. Um, Gavin Garcia took the, the 
all the work at Kent State. Um, I think Garcia will have some good games in Maction because um, they're a very run-heavy team, it looks like. So they were outmatched this week. So he had like two yards of carry. But I, I think in the future, Gavin Garcia is a name to watch out for in CFF. And Kai Thomas is a name to drop. I already have dropped him from a number of my teams. <laughs> okay. So we're going to talk. Are they for real? Kyle's first. Are they for real? Is the Colorado offense. It's prime time on the field for real. What do you think, Kyle? So... I think Sean Lewis is a very good offensive coordinator. We talked about this in the in the Pac-12 preview. I think Sean Lewis um, is definitely head coach level OC, um, and I think he'll be a Power Five head coach next year. Um, but and he's done a terrific job. And this offense plays really fast. They played a ton of snaps on offense, um, and that definitely helps these guys, especially with these short passes. I think the thing that gives me the most pause, 50% of their passing yardage came after the catch in this game. Um, a lot of these TCU TBs were like giving, trying to give arm tackles to these wide receivers, um, and it just didn't work. Um, Jimmy Horn and, and Xavier Weaver definitely looked like, electric after the catch. They definitely had some nice little juke moves, but um, this TCU DB room is definitely not the one that got them to the playoff last year. Um, definitely much worse. It's just a TCU team in general that's much worse. Um, so I'm not sold on Colorado yet. I, I, I still think – I think they're – I'm impressed enough to say that they're a bowl team now, um, but I don't think they're more than a – eight win team at the very best. I don't think they're going to hang with USC and Oregon and Washington. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they're going to hang with USC, but I, I think they're for real. I mean, I guess what, what's the expectation? Are we saying, are they for real? They're, they're going undefeated and they're a chance, you know, they're a playoff team. I don't think anyone's saying that, but well, the, the people who, who didn't follow this story in the off season and, um, are just tweeting about the Colorado offense after watching this one game. Did seem to think that. There were a lot of people hyping this up as, oh, this team just beat the runner-up from last year and whatever. Yeah. Watching the film, I mean, we got we got Shader Sanders highlights up, which also is Jimmy Orton highlights and Dylan <laughs> Edwards highlights. So that's kind of why we just cut to the chase with that. But, I mean, these guys are, like, wide open a lot of the time. So I, I do think – you know, the, the play calling's creative. They are spreading it out. They're using a lot of, like, like mesh and crossers and stuff to, to kind of help guys get open, get them in space. But I think the concept, right, of, like, you have these playmakers, and I think the guys are talented, um, and, and you're putting them out in space and letting them work. I mean, it's like San Francisco, right? I, I'm not saying that that, that it's, it's Kyle Shanahan, and but it's the same – kind of idea that that they're working there and i mean look i i i think it looks i think it looks sustainable to me i think they're gonna have a good season um i i don't, I don't know if you know i'm not putting them in the playoffs but i i, I do think that they're i i think they're a bowl team right 
I think they're going to be a good CFF team. Um, but I think the only player who really proved anything to me that I didn't already know talent-wise, I'll say players, was Dylan Sampson and Travis Hunter. Dylan I feel Edwards. Like Dylan, Dylan Edwards. Edwards. I'm going to do that for the rest of my life. Um, Probably. You, yes, I had to correct you in the show sheet as well. Um, but, yeah. I mean, Travis Hunter looked like an amazing wide receiver and an amazing corner at the same time. It's it's going to be incredible just to watch him play for the rest of the season and everything. But um, so they got is they that got is top. Travis Hunter for real? Do you think do you think he's going to get fourteen targets again? Oh. I cannot imagine him sustaining this for a whole season. So I just I think the kid gets hurt if they do. You just can't play that much P five football. <laughs> like I I don't know, dude. Maybe he's like that type of freak, like the Adrian Peterson type. He's one hundred percent a like, freak. That's insane. But I but. just your body breaks down. You know what I mean? I don't think he can maintain that level of performance. <laughs> For a full season, you know what I mean. It's just statistically improbable. But yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm excited about Weaver and Horn for the rest of the season, but I I think they'll play defenses that are much better throughout the rest of the year. Yeah, I I think they're going to win a lot of games. I do, and I think they're going to be productive for CFF. I just I think the the formula they have. Yeah, some teams are going to figure it out better than TCU did. I think TCU embarrassed themselves. I think TCU were looking through this one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or, or maybe just didn't have the personnel to figure it out. But I think you expected them to to to, to play better defense than they did. I mean, those we were just watching those kids get lit up out there. But I don't know. I think we'll know a lot more in a few weeks. But I I, I would say they're for real. I just like I think you also manage expectations. You know what I mean? Like. I think if they get eight or nine wins, then like they've done very well, you know. Which that means, yeah, like. And I, I, I do want to talk about TCU really quick. Um, I have some thoughts that I just need to put out there. Um, the Sunny Dykes offense still looks really good, um, with Kendall Bryles calling the plays, um, but not the same as it was last year. Chandler Morris still looks like Chandler Morris. He hasn't taken a step. Um, I think he threw two picks in this game, and they were both pretty bad. The wide receiver room, nobody's replacing Quentin Johnson, it looks like. Um, but I was really impressed by the tight end, Jared uh, Jared Wiley, Jack Wiley. Um, I'm putting in waiver claims for Wiley. I think he'll have a productive season at tight end. He looked like the best pass catcher on the team at times in this game. Um and Amani Bailey looked very explosive. Um, he's a guy who definitely doesn't have long speed, but showed a lot of burst in this game. So, yeah, impressed. By yeah, that. I love it. Um, yeah, I, I got nothing to argue with about any of that, really. Um, they're gonna say Amani Bailey, yeah, where it's like even against, you know, it seemed to be a decent defense. Yeah, he was running for like fourteen to carry. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's pretty nuts. And, he had one then, 70 yarder from their own one yard line where if he had an extra gear, he would have 
made it to the end zone. But so that is my one knock on Bailey is that he just does not have that NFL long speed. Yeah. But and he ain't getting the goal line carries because Trace Sanders got all of them. So that looks like an offense you could maybe start both of them because I think they'll have better days than this, right? And I mean, they still scored a crap ton of points, you know? Yeah. It was a boat and, race. It was a boat and race. they've always been good at running the football and they've always had two backs. I mean, whether it be um, like last year, it was Amari Di Mercado and um, remind me, he also went to the NFL and it's a really Kendrick, good Kendrick Miller. Kendrick Miller. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But that was kind of more like, Kendry was the lead. You know, Mercado was like the one B or the like the lightning guy, right? And this mm-hmm. time it kind of looks like Amani Bailey is the one. Sanders is the two, but Sanders is getting the goal line. So a little bit different of a breakup. Um, gosh, we're we have a lot to talk about. We're gonna have to kind of <laughs> speed racer through a couple of these, the ones we care about less. So I guess you tell me in two minutes or less. Is Cincinnati is for real? I mean, no. Emory Jones, no. Xavier Hutchinson, not at all. Why not? <laughs> they um, they played. They played Eastern Kentucky in this game. Eastern Kentucky's not very good at football. Um, I do think the Scott Satterfield offense really fits Emory Jones's strengths. Um, however, few strengths he has well, very well. Um, so I, I I do think Emory Jones will have some CFF productive weeks against some of the weaker Big Twelve teams. Um, but I think when it comes to, you know, the teams that actually play defense, the Texases, the Kansases of the world, um, I, I think they'll struggle in uh, some of these so, games. Henderson did look they, good, though. Um, I was say, do you think Xavier Henderson that. is a CFF asset this year? Yeah. I think he is. Yeah. I don't think he's going to do this every week, but I no. think he's going to be a guy with some ups and some downs. But I think he's a clear wide receiver one there. Yeah, that that team brought in like four or five transfer wide receivers, and all of them were just kind of mess. So I don't think there's any better competition on the team. So and I feel like they've generally had like a wide receiver one in that center field offense, right? Like a guy or two guys that get a pretty high concentration of targets the past few years. Last year was Tyler Scott and the one other kid. Um, no, he was kid. Scott Satterfield was at Louisville last year. And the oh, last few years. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I mean Marshawn Ford had some good years. Yeah, the record. <laughs> I don't know. Louisville's but but, but Malik Cunningham Cunningham has a very good years, and Emory Jones is a very similar quarterback. So I do like Jones for CFF, for sure. All right. Enough said about Cincinnati. What do you got? What do you got here? Uh, Washington State, um, Ben Arbuckle taking over as OC, the uh, former OC from Western Kentucky, um, and he brings that air raid with him. Uh, They threw for, I think, like 400 passing yards in this this game, put up 50 points against Colorado State, which isn't – a bottom of the barrel program by any means, um, not anything special, but also not horrible. Um, and they just do, they did really well in the air on this game. I think Cameron Ward looked pretty solid. Um, and a couple of these wide receivers ate and not the one that I thought would, <laughs> which is kind of disappointing. Um, Lincoln Victor had 14 targets in this. He's a fifth year senior who started his career at Hawaii and transferred to Washington State with um, Nick Rolovich. 
Um, he had 14 targets, 11 receptions for 168 yards. Meanwhile, Josh Kelly, the UNLV transfer from this year, um, kind of the red zone target, the tallest wide receiver on the team by a large margin, had nine targets, of which he caught eight for 110 and a touchdown. And then DT Sheffield was the guy that I was most um, excited about. He's kind of fits that slot mold similar to Victor, but he's a lot faster, a lot more explosive. He had just four targets in this game, caught three of them for 19 yards. Um, I don't know what to make of this split in terms of wide receivers. I was hoping Sheffield would be the one, and he clearly isn't in this game. I don't know if that's – my question is, like, is that the real case? Is Lincoln Victor going to be the wide receiver one? Because if he is, you need to pick him up. Um, and is Sheffield going to get four targets every week? Yeah, so are you putting claims in on Lingard? On Victor? I think you have to. Yeah. Um, I think anybody with, like, more than 12 targets this week, I'm willing to put a claim in on. If I have somebody on my roster I want to drop, definitely. So – yeah, and if you're if you're listening to us and not watching us, we've got some Washington State highlights going on up here, and Cam Word looks looks good, man. And yeah. what we're seeing right now, I mean, yeah, it's not a top tier defense, but just the ball placement is kind of the things that we were expecting him to do transferring up. But it just seems like he took a little bit of time to really adjust. Plus, last year he didn't really have very good weapons. Yeah, and and it's a new look offense in terms of wide receiver talent and a new offensive coordinator. And then that new offensive coordinator does seem to be bad for the running back, Nakia Watson, who was a top 15 running back last year. I think he averaged more than 20 fantasy points a game. Mm -hmm. And this game, he had seven carries for just 15 yards, uh, caught three passes for 16 yards, and a receiving touchdown bails out his CFF day. Um, But that's not the production that's going to get him in the top 15 again. So not super excited about Watson for the rest of the year anymore. Yeah. I'm very excited for the couple of ward shares that I do have. Um, I mean, he's a kid that could have an NFL future still. If he does, not this year, it would be like plays well this year, plays well next year, comes out in the, the 25 class, I would think. He'd, I think he'd be like, what, 23, 24 if he did that? Who cares these days, man? <laughs> yeah. Kenny Pickett can do it. Why not Cam Ward, you know? <laughs> and then Hooker can do it. Why not Cam Ward, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I think he'd have to play really well this year to get to day two, right? Like he's on know. pace. Yeah, I think he. I think pace. he had like the fourth highest quarterback output in CFF this week. So yeah, he'd have to go nuts to be. A Either way, you're happy to have him on your CTC teams because he's putting up CFF points. <laughs> what is that pass? That was, <laughs> that was a, a that was shovel. A... <laughs> I took... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Cut it off right when you're when you're uh, getting the words out. Um, okay, Jackson yeah. Dart, Trey Harris. I mean, that was a big question for me too. I've been kind of like anti Dart because I don't know, man. I watched a lot of film on them last year, and he just he didn't look sharp. Right would be the thing, and it definitely didn't. They didn't trust him to have passing volume, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, you had two NFL caliber backs. I get it. You don't really need to throw the ball much, but they just didn't seem to have a balanced attack to me last year. And maybe that was the wide receiver talent, but I read it. I read into it it being 
dart more than anything else that they just thought he wasn't ready or uh, just really didn't have it. But, and then, you know, they kind of told me that this off season again, by going into the portal and getting two other talented, but, quarterbacks but then they, they didn't tell you that because he won the starting job. Well, maybe he's taken a step. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you're Spencer Sanders, you didn't come there without the promise to compete for the starting job and have a reasonable chance to win it. Right. So, mm-hmm. so maybe Dart just took a step this year. Uh, and then uh, Trey, I only score touchdowns, Harris, uh, with the 6 four line, uh, six, six catches for 133 yards, four touchdowns. I mean, yeah, he transfers up from Louisiana Tech and does that in his first game. He had nine targets in this game. Um, very impressive. Yeah, and he's a guy you, you were high on, or the beat I was high on. The beats have been talking about him, lot guy, but a big slot, power slot, not a little guy. Um, hey, I mean that is. Speaking of guys, you were high on your boy, Aiden Williams had seven targets in this game. Oh, did he? Yeah, he caught two of them. <laughs> well, who's the quarterback though? Was it still Dart? I don't. I don't know. It probably wasn't. It was probably either Sanders or Howard. I think you're probably like Sanders. You're probably more excited that he got seven targets than you are bummed out that he got two. Right? <laughs> and then actually, Aiden Lee as well got on the field, got a catch, got a touchdown. So a thirty-four yard my theory, touchdown too. My theory all along has been that those two guys both have a Debbie future. And they both seem well on their way to erasing the year one zero for themselves, which is, which is pretty cool. A um, couple more yeah. blowouts, and they'll, they'll both hit the markers we want. Which is cool. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think? Is this like, uh, obviously, they weren't playing the best defense, right? They are playing. Yeah, Mercer. Um, an FCS program. I, I, think, I think this is for real Jackson Dart. And I feel like I've said that every year. Um, so maybe I'm wrong again, but, um, I, I think Jackson Dart's going to put it together in this offense this year. Um, I'm not completely sold on Trey Harris yet. Um, obviously the four touchdowns on six catches isn't going to happen every week. Um, Jordan Watkins had a very impressive game himself, just didn't get the touchdowns to fall his way. He had six catches for 111 yards. And then Zakari Franklin is still not active yet and i think he'll have a role in this offense in the wide receiver room as well so um i'm not sold on trey harris yet but i I do think jackson dart has a better i i'm not putting a claim on him that's significant enough to actually get him you're not throwing like 10 bucks at him you're throwing like i would i would throw like two bucks on him if i didn't think i think i think if you want him on your roster wednesday you probably have to throw 10 bucks at him. Yeah. People are going to look yeah. at the stat line and be like, you know. I agree. Also, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, he was, did you did you check, like, route distribution and things like that? Yeah, I have it right here in front of me. Um, Trey Harris ran 21 routes, uh, while Jordan Watkins ran 29. Um, Dayton Wade ran 26. And then Aiden Williams, 18, Michael Triggs, 17. So he's definitely starting. Um, but like I said, Franklin not playing in this game, I think, has a some kind of role in that. Yeah. I, I do think Franklin's the most also talented. Their, their tight end one not playing. Caden yeah, Priestcorn, yeah. So, 
Yeah, it could be. I don't, he looks good on these highlights, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, he, he looks good, man. He's going up and getting the ball. He's winning contested balls. He's breaking tackles. So he might be a good, like, uh, Mingo replacement, honestly. Like, kind of the same height, build. Uh, I don't know if he's that athletic. Mingo's a freak, but um, kind of seems to be the role they have him in there now, which might be exciting. Mingo was passable, at least. Um, so yeah, that'd be an interesting one. You're definitely gonna have to pay to get him. I don't know. I'm on the fence because if he's the wide receiver one, I think it's going to be a valuable role to have, but, um, yeah, I'd rather have like Ashlock. Yeah. I have Jimmy Warren, I think. So, yeah. Um, all right. Who's next? Joquavis Marks, the Mississippi state running back. Uh, my immediate re- reaction was no, and then I kind of looked into this a little more, and I'm on the fence now. Um, he had 19 carries for 127 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Mississippi State playing this game against southeastern Louisiana, so like scrubs. Um, but kind of the narrative that I've I've written with Marks all, all offseason, and I, I tend to believe, is that obviously they change a coaching staff. Mike Leach no longer – with us and um they bring in an offensive coordinator that likes to run the ball much more than the air raid that they used to run so i did think marks would have some good games against these bad teams rushing the ball but what surprised me in this game was that he still had five targets of which he caught for four fifty nine yards um i don't know maybe in his years under leech and you know where he had 60 to 80 targets every season he's just learned to catch the ball so well that they still have to use him in that role um in which case you know there's still fantasy points to be scored um yeah he's good at it he's a good pass catcher so he's gonna catch five balls a game he's a good cff asset uh nfl i don't know udfa right not really yeah yeah oh right this next guy is more fun for me to talk about because this is a guy that I was hyping, one of the ahead-of-the-curve ones for me. That's Dylan Sampson, the Tennessee <laughs> back. I know, of all people, my, you know, orange-bleeding friend over here, you think you'd get your running back's name. Right? I, I remember when Dylan Edwards committed to Colorado, I was like, I didn't even know he was in the transfer portal. <laughs> God. It's funny because they their their profile simile. They're both speed backs. They're both undersized, and they're both hyper explosive. Obviously, Samson's been around a year longer, and look, Samson's a guy that I caught early in my summer scouting. I took some benchmarks, just numbers that I could get off campus to Canton that identified numbers that were thresholds that guys that were going to the NFL were hitting. Not like super scientific with it. I didn't build a model. I just like flagged some markers right and dylan Sampson hit all of them as a true freshman and yeah it's easy to be efficient when you're a change of pace guy right but i don't know i think we saw the talent on film this weekend uh what's what's your take on him i mean he's the rb3 in this offense um is he yeah i mean i'll, I'll pull it up but i'm pretty Darn sure that uh, they got Jaylen like Wright almost identical carry counts. Had more um, snaps. They, they all had within like two carries of each other. 
which I don't know when in the game they occurred, though. I didn't watch the game. You might know better than me. I know Jalen Wright got the first drive. Um, Jalen Wright had 12 attempts, 115 yards, and played uh, eight snaps. Jalen Wright had 28 snaps. Dylan Sampson had 27. Jabari Small had 26. So I guess this has turned in from a two-headed backfield to a three-headed backfield. To a um, true mess, in other words. But true Sampson mess. gets the goal line work. Yeah, a true mess that where all three guys are going to be semi-productive. And all three guys yeah, are going to have big weeks. Start, it's going to be really annoying. Yeah, start them all in a beat down, but in a in a tight game, uh, I don't know. You're probably going to wind up with one guy that was useful and, and two that weren't. But I think, yeah, I just think in tight in tight games they'll they'll play more of right because right's the best back by a, a long shot. At least in yeah. this game, I mean, right had nine point six yards a carry. Um, Samson had four, Small had 5.2. goal line carries. It's tough to get nine yards when you're running in from the two, dude. He, they weren't even from the two. They're from like the eight. I don't know. Samson, Samson did look good bouncing the ball outside. He's not going to take any work between the tackles, though, is the thing. Yeah, got it. Do you, do you think he's a Debbie talent? Yes, I think he makes the NFL. Yeah, but like day three guy? I could be convinced that he's a day two guy, but he has to take the job. Like he could he's be a day two. I don't even think so. Um, but Jalen Wright and Jabari Small both have to go pro. Right. And then next year Samson has a thousand yards. Sure. I can I can read that story. All right. Keandre Lambert Smith. Is he for real? Um probably. He had six targets. I mean we, I think we both felt that Drew out Drew Aller was going to have a great season, and um, we wanted to find which wide receiver was going to pop out for him, break out for him, um, and we were proven right on the first point. I mean, Drew Drew Aller had a amazing game, looked really good against West Virginia, um, and Keandre Lambert Smith led the wide receiver group in fantasy points because. He scored two touchdowns, had 123 yards, and four receptions on six targets. Um, he's a guy who we thought had talent coming out of high school, um, and he's doing it now. I don't know. It's tough. Harrison Wallace, uh, the other wide receiver, had eight targets and caught seven for 72 yards. Which of these, I don't know which guy is really going to be the guy. That's why I put it down. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Do they have to be one? I mean, if Drew Lar is a top five NFL draft pick, that level of quarterback, and they have a balanced offense, it can support two guys. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the, the bigger question for me is does like Malik McLean or like Dante Cephas, like sneak up and like, you know. Oh, demand. Cephas was not. He got Cephas one. Cephas was an afterthought in this game. I totally yeah. forgot about him. I think he's. I don't think it's him. <laughs> That's quick. 
Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm decisive with week one. You got to make moves. Sometimes sometimes I drop guys, and then I'm like, oh, I'm an idiot. But, <laughs> I, I, you know, I usually rather regret the things I did than the things I didn't do. That is fair. Um, uh, Cephas had five snaps, five reps. So, yeah, I, th- I think Cephas is a, is a drop. I think he's out, yeah. All right. You had Sam Pickney on here. Why do you have Sam Pickney on here? Because he led the nation in targets this week. Um, 18 targets for Sam Pickney this week. Um, obviously, Coastal Carolina playing UCLA. Got into a bit of a shootout there. Grayson McCall had to throw it, and he slung it to the wide receiver Sam Pinckney. Um, We think they have two good wide receivers between Pinckney and Jared Brown, so... It was a little surprising for him to hyper-target Pinkney in this game. Um, but I think that's definitely a good sign for Pinkney in his first game this season. So excited for him going into the rest of the year. I think I don't think 18 targets is sustainable, but I think it is for real that he's going to have a very good CFF season. Uh, yeah, I think he's a CFF monster. Uh, he was cheap in drafts, too. I don't know why, man. I got him, like, 10th, 11th round sometimes. And he was good last year. Like, it was pretty set up well for him and Jared Brown both to have good seasons this year. And Brown had an okay game, too, right? Just not mm-hmm. a Pinkney level uh, smash. Um, so, yeah, I'm all in on Pinkney uh, for CFF. Plus, I like the fact that he did it against B5 school. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I think... Against weaker schools, I think you're going to see some video game numbers out of him. Yeah, especially if um, the defense isn't great and those weaker schools stay in those games. Yeah. So I think we're going to have to kind of like rapid fire my (laughs) are they for real. But for the most part, I think we can. Some of them we've talked about a lot already. So let's just go, go quick, quick. LJ Johnson. Third, and a, third, third college at this point, right? Second. No. Second. He started at Texas A&M, transferred down to SMU this year. Never played at A&M. Though. Correct. And I thought there Correct. was like, did he get in trouble? Are you thinking of the wide receiver? No, I thought he got in trouble. I thought Elliot Johnson got in trouble. But anyways, smash, right? Like, Seven yards of carry in this game, a couple of tutties, out, heftily outperformed uh, the other transfer. Kamar Wheaton? No, the other, other <laughs> transfer. The kid from uh, Miami or whatever. Oh, Henry Parrish. Oh, it's not even Knighton. Jalen Knighton. <laughs> Jalen Knighton. Parrish had a good game. Parrish is still there. Um, but uh, it, it, can he be a Debbie guy still? Yes. I think SMU gets um, enough eyes. They're moving to the ACC in a few years. Um, and they've gotten guys drafted, whether it be Rashi Rice or the uh, wide receiver before him. So, And I think they'll be good. I think Preston Stone is a good quarterback, and I think uh, RJ Maryland will have scouts there to see him. So... I think people will get to see LJ Johnson here at SMU, and I think um, a good a good start for him 
had yeah. some breakaway and runs. Plus, he if if what we heard about him as a prospect coming out is accurate, he is a freak. He's mm-hmm. purportedly a four four guy at, at two hundred fifteen pounds coming out of high school. So yeah, um, and and this offense features the running back well, and they they tend to score fantasy points. So excited about him, I think. Okay, what else we got? Shader Sanders, we talked about. We're done with that. Mikey Keene. Well, we got to answer the question. Is he for real? Yeah, I already said that. Yeah, I think he's good. I think he gets drafted high. Yes. I don't think he's 510 yards a game for real. You don't have to be. I don't know. I don't think he's actually as talented as the stat line suggests. I do think he's good. I'm not sold on him being amazing i don't think he showcased enough to be i don't think he showcased enough to be a first round pick um he did not he didn't push the (laughs) yeah and it's the best game he's ever had and i don't think that's fair to expect yeah you need the deep ball if he's going to be around one game exactly yes i think if he does this for the rest of the season he gets drafted but like round two Mm -hmm. i think there's unless he unless this is a fluke he's getting drafted and it's not round four or five six I just, sure. he's got the hype machine already, man. Like the hype machine is real. Yeah. Like it's real. Yeah. Uh, Mikey Keene, CFF superstar. Yes or no? Mm, yes. Yes. I'm yeah. They beat, they beat up on Purdue. So I think they'll beat up on Mountain West teams. Yeah. Mountain West teams. You're going to get beat. Um, it, uh, I guess this is my question. I asked you earlier. Um, if you have, Two waiver picks and you're com- a year and you're a competitive team on the college side. Are you using one on Keen? <clears throat> if I need a quarterback, sure. Yeah. All right. TJ Finley, Texas State. You were super high on Texas State in the offseason because of coaching changes, uh, which you can talk more about now if you want. Finley takes the lunch out of the hands of Malik Hornsby, who was purportedly going to start. No, he wasn't. He was never reportedly going to start. We were just all excited about him because he has so much potential. And we just thrust him into this role that, oh, Malik Hornsby is going to be the guy because we're all so excited about him. And TJ Finley was horrible at Auburn. Yeah, Finley's been horrible everywhere. Um, Anyways, goes for 300 yards, three tutties. um, Against Baylor. And wins the game against Baylor. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think he's for real. Um, I think this offense is very, very nice for quarterbacks, and I think TJ Finley is going to be playing at a level where he is a very good player. Um, obviously, that is not the case in the SEC, but I think that will be the case at Texas State. Um, and I think he has a great wide receiver room. I mean, uh, Ashton Hawkins is there. Who didn't even have a really good game this year, this week? Hawkins should have been in our um, bus column. Joey Hobart had a very good game though this week, and he's a very good wide receiver. Um, and they had some other guys go off too. So I I, I like TJ Finley the rest of the season. He's a guy that I'm going to try to pick up um, if I need a quarterback in leagues where I have a unlimited waivers. I'm not rushing to get him in limited waiver leagues, but Finley or Keen. That's easily keen for me, but I'm curious what you have to say. I don't know. 
I have to look at the schedules. Um, but I think Finley has more weapons. Um, Keen threw the ball more. Keen had 44 attempts. Finley had 30. So I I, I guess I'll, I'll lean Keen. Yeah, um, for me, it's like yeah. not even close. Like Keen would be a top expenditure for me, and Finley's more like a $1 at the end of my list guy. But uh, all right. So Todd Washington, currently the wide receiver one for USC, 19.5 points per game. He has been the deep threat. He has had five targets, five catches, two touchdowns, 150 yards, two games. Can this sustain? He looks explosive. Um, I think he's definitely a little gadgety. I think he'll be gadgety when it comes down to Pac-12 play. But he's been good in that role. He gets it done. He gets to the end zone. He gets yardage. Um, I don't know. I think Robinson and Robinson and Branch are going to be so good this year. I think by the end Once of the season, they get ready. Yeah. they're the top targets, honestly. Or maybe maybe it's like the beginning of next year, but I think Washington does enough to get himself drafted. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm just wondering if like if he's if he catches two deep balls from Caleb every week for the rest of the season, you ought to have put a claim in on him now, right? Like you should have thrown a dollar on him because that's a 15 plus point per game player. Yeah, you can't count on those deep balls every week, though. I, you might be able to. I don't know. They're airing it out. There's so much talent. It's not like he's drawing top corner. She's probably burning the DB3 from other teams. You know? So I Yeah, there's know. there's so much speed to cover, I guess, with between Branch Singer and Washington. Yeah. I mean, and, and Caleb don't care. He's like, oh, this dude's open. I'm going to throw a bomb to him, you know? Uh, I think, honestly, I think he Caleb has rapport with Todd. She's played more with Todd than anyone else there except Mario. So, um you know, it might be a pattern forming. We'll we'll see. I'm I'm probably not putting a waiver in unless I like got a really bad team just because there's so many guys I like this week. But uh, I can see if he's still out there in a couple of weeks and some of my other claims don't work out, I can see throwing the buck on him. Yeah, agreed. All right, Gary Bryant, seven catches, hundred yards, two touchdowns against Portland State or whatever. I get it, but. Could he be the wide receiver two for Oregon? And do you care? Um, yes, I care about the wide receiver two for Oregon. Could he be it? Yes. Um, Gary Bryant Jr. led the team in routes this week because um, Troy Franklin was pulled off the field after he ate. Um, he had 28 routes. Tez Johnson had 22. Treshawn Holden had 22. Um, that's the competition for him, truly. And he definitely outperformed him. He had seven targets. Both those guys had three and four. So, um, yeah, I think there's a case case to be made that Gary Bryant's the wide receiver two here. Um, But I want to see it one more week to say for sure. Yeah. All right. Is it for real the Michigan State passing offense? No. You don't think they'll throw more in competitive games? Because um, you like McCarthy okay, right? I, I think we both like him. Michigan or Michigan State? Oh, I meant Michigan. 
Okay, yeah, you said Michigan State. I was like, what? Oh, oh, I thought Noah bad. Kim no, wasn't no. even good. <laughs> no, I mean, no, no, I'm off. I'm off Michigan State entirely right now. I'm dropping, dropping guys. Um, Except for Nathan Carter, we're Michigan throw more this year. And are you interested what, in thirty-two Earth? attempts against East Carolina? Um, yeah, I think that means they'll throw more. Um, you you don't like try to tune up your passing game against bad teams if you're not actually going to use it. Um, That's a good point. You would have just had the the two freshman running backs run them over, right? Yeah, but wow, Roman Wilson six receptions, seventy eight yards, and three touchdowns. Um, he seems on a on a mission to get himself drafted. So, yeah, some people are high on him. He looked explosive. He looked explosive last year too. I'm suspect from a Debbie point because it's like really late breakout. You know what I mean? I mean, but everybody on that, that team at wide receiver has looked explosive. <laughs> they just haven't had production in college. I mean, Nico yeah. Collins, Donovan Peoples Jones, Andrew Anthony, all these guys looked explosive. Um, yeah. They just never did anything to warrant CFF value. Yeah, partly I think it's Harbaugh plays the vets. You know what I mean? You can't break out early in Michigan. Just don't let it happen. Uh, yeah, the yeah. one sophomore got on the field a little bit, Clemens, but he didn't do anything. So I'm not I'm not hanging on to him where I have him. I don't know. I think they'll still try to pound the rock. I mean, they still have one of the best running backs in the country behind one of the best offensive lines in the country. Two of the best running backs in the country. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. But that's all I got. That's all I got. You got anything else for are they for real, Kyle? Nah. All right. We'll move on. Let's hit waivers. We don't need to spend a ton of time on this. We both got a list. This is like, honestly, I've got like 12 man cues going in some of my leagues. Um, I will have them once I set them, but I haven't set them yet. Yeah. Yeah, this I, I didn't overlap any of the guys you have, which actually our lists look pretty different. We're both very into Noah Thomas and Bailey Ashlock uh, and Eric Brooks. Yeah. But after that, at Corey Crooms, I think I just missed. But I want you to go through, and, and we don't really need to talk. We talk about these guys, a lot of them already, but I guess guys yeah. like Brooks, we haven't. So give, give the quick one off. What percentage of your budget are you throwing in a range? Or tell me the exact dollar amount so I can put $1 more than <laughs> yeah, so so real quick, Pafeli Ashlock is a guy we mentioned last season, last week as a week zero ad, and he proved it again. Had another great game, uh, this time against Stanford. Yeah, this time against Stanford. So um, he is somebody that I really want on my teams, especially if I'm CFF um, competing, because I think he'll be a – like if I was playing CFF Dynasty – he would be a like a 80 type guy because I think he stays at Hawaii. And I think if he stays at Hawaii, he has three great years of production. Um, yeah. Right. But I think in C2C, he's, he's probably, <laughs> yeah, I think in C2C, he's probably a 50 to 60 guy Percent? Um, out of a hundred. Yeah. Wow. You think guys are going to throw 50 on him? I think in limited waiver leagues, yes. Um, I guess in unlimited, I'm I got like it. A yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I, I think because because all the ones that I commission are unlimited ones. Where I'm like, <laughs> you kind of want to be judicious with that because yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Like, you regret those twenty dollar bids. The league I think, I think about the most is a four. 
<laughs> four yeah, labor claims yeah, yeah, per yeah. season. So I'm like, yeah, yeah I got to use 25% on every one or something. Um, yeah, my favorite ones are ballers and wars that like we're just like, yeah. I just, I love it. I feel like being like, <laughs> who's going to be in my inbox, you know, Christmas morning on Wednesday, right? So much fun. Yeah, so I, I think in, in the unlimited waiver leagues, I'm I'm like ten bucks on Ashlock. I really, really? want him, but that's to me a high bid. I would put them. more than that. I'd go. You think twenty five plus? Yeah, I don't know. I got this long list of guys that I think they're going to be good for CFF. Yeah, I think he's going to be really good for. I CFF, get Eric though. Brooks. What, what are you putting on Eric Brooks? Eric Brooks. We didn't Eric talk Brooks about is a him. fifth year senior. But Faye right, Ashlock right, right. is a redshirt freshman. That's the difference for me. That's that's the the main thing for me. Eric Brooks, um, the slot wide receiver for Fresno State, had a really great game in week one against Purdue. Nine catches, 170 yards, and two touchdowns on 12 targets. Seems to be the favorite for Mikey Keene. This is a guy who's not going to the NFL. He's 5'7". He's a fifth-year senior. Um, but there's always an Eric Brooks. You know yeah, what I mean? There's so, always an Eric Brooks. Yeah. But if you dump your whole load on Ashlock, you're missing out. You know what I mean? Like you could get an Eric Brooks in week zero next year if you're paying attention. Right? I, yeah. I don't know. It's tough for yeah. me to go like a quarter of my budget for the season on a guy that's not a Debbie guy. It's hard. I agree. But I feel like you can get at this CF point for cheap. In a C2C league, though, with a guy like Ashlock, you're getting the same amount of years of production as you would a guy who goes pro a senior who goes pro like it's true i don't know All right. i really like so ashlock um eric brooks i'm spending about five on at most i mean he's got one new year i think it'll yeah, be a very yeah, productive yeah. year but i'm yeah, not we're- I might even a little bit less depending on like what's out there, but I think other people are going to spend. I'm okay letting someone else have Eric Brooks. Yeah, because I think they'll spend up because he's number two on the the list of guys when you look yeah. at it because he had a ton like, of points. I just think the difference between him and like Dion Burks or like Jimmy Horn like isn't much. I think I'd rather have Horn. I think Horn's got to see if, uh, an NFL future. And so- yeah. Yeah, I mean Horn's thirty four percent owned and Brooks is zero percent owned. So, in your tougher leagues, Brooks is not rostered and Horn is. No, um, right, right. Um, all right, Noah Thomas. What do you think he's worth? He yeah, Noah Thomas, down, right? the the true sophomore Texas A and M wide receiver who had three touchdowns in this game. He's six foot six or six foot five, um, and seems to be the red zone target. Um, Donovan Green, their tight end, is out for the season, so I think they've turned to Noah Thomas to catch touchdowns. And I think, like I said earlier, I think Connor Wigman's possibly the most talented quarterback in the SEC, um, and they seem to want to throw the ball now. So I like Noah Thomas a lot. I think there's a possible NFL future there, so I'm willing to spend 10 to 15 on him. Yeah, six five's tough, though. Not a lot of six five wide receivers in the NFL couple yeah yeah you gotta be gotta be able to do a lot of other stuff um plus he's a year one zero right so you're you're no yeah yeah i think he had two receiving touchdowns as a freshman so i don't think he oh was. so that like gets him clear i think uh, so maybe i don't know i could be wrong he had like it, he had like five catches he, two touchdowns 70 yards last season yeah so he hit like one marker but you really want a couple of markers so the eight um yeah 
All right, fair. You're probably getting no atomics if we're in a league together. I'm probably not throwing that high at him, but I get it. It makes sense. If he is a Debbie guy, you spend money well. I just think it's a little bit of a marginal profile. He's going to be in Evan Stewart's shadow this year and next if he's, year. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the other thing. I was going to say, if he's not a Debbie guy, doesn't he have a great season when Stewart is gone? But that is three yes. years away. Two years from now, right? Yeah. If If there's not someone else that's like, oh, damn, they got a quarterback now. And they get transfers in and, you know, but they do like their homegrown guys for sure. Uh, at A&M. So I'm with you. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm probably throwing a little bit less than you on that one, but I, I get why you would. And you, that's the sort of thing that might make me foolish, right? Being mar- miserly with my dollars in the wrong places. Um, uh, who's Jacarius Caston? Talk to me about him. Jacarius Caston is the wide receiver one for Southern Mississippi university. Um, I was, he was a guy that I picked up on waivers last season and a guy that I recommended on this show last season um, because he had like two straight games in week three and four where he was at like 25 points a game. And then the next week after those two games, he got hurt, missed three games, came back really slow, um, and then put together another couple of really good games at the end of the season. Um so he's a guy who did it last year and is seems to be doing it again. He started off the season with five receptions for 104 yards and a TD. Um, he's owned in just 2% of leagues. So he's a guy that I'll gladly throw a dollar on a, th- a dollar or two on. And I think he's a guy that not a lot of people are going to bid on. So yeah. Like yeah, he's, he's, yeah. If I hadn't found him yet, you can probably get him for a buck. Right, like maybe <laughs> some other CFF-oriented guys will be more into it. Yeah, him. I think I think Chris Moxley has mentioned him before, but yeah, that's all I've heard. Uh, all right, um, Dante Wright. Dante Wright, the uh, former Colorado State wide receiver who was fantastic as a true freshman there, and then was you know phased out of the offense in favor of Torrey Horton, um, transfers to Temple to play with EJ Warner. And immediately out targets and out snaps the incumbent wide receiver Ahmad Anderson Jr. Uh, Dante Wright catches nine passes for 83 yards in this game. He is rostered in just eight percent of Fantrax leagues. Um, he is definitely a guy that I would throw another dollar or two on because uh, I think he'll have a good cff season and i think ej warner steps up his play a little bit for the rest of the year compared to this week one game yeah was not great this week um wasn't terrible but i was hoping for something sharper i'm sure that he'll have better days ahead of him uh and then Corey crooms was uh i pointed out during the game uh crooms had had the hype from the beats and we were kind of like how is that possible? Because there's both, there's just a few other guys that, that uh, I was high on Spencer. Spencer's dead to me now. He was not even in the game plan. Uh, you were right about that one. But Corey Crooms was very much so in the game plan. 12 targets, seven for 63 on a team that looks like dog poo. But <laughs> hey, uh, that means a lot of short targets to the slot receiver, right? Yeah. And that was a uh, bad weather game, if I remember correctly. So. Seven receptions for 63 yards from Kaliak Manis to Crooms. Um, I think this is a going to be a pretty safe 
wide receiver, a pretty safe, you know, 12 plus points a game for Corey Crooms because I think he'll uh, catch six to eight passes a game. So um, you need those guys on your team. So when they catch a touchdown, you get really excited. Yep. Good stuff. All right. Mikey Keene, if I need a quarterback, might be my top ad. Again, I'm super high on him. I just think you've got a couple years, at least, at him as the CFF superstar. We've seen it before, the Fresno State. Uh, hopefully, Ashlock's my top non-quarterback. I think we're in lockstep on that. I just give me the guy that's got that's averaging 20 points a week over the guy that caught three touchdowns this week every time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Dylan Edwards, I'm super interested in. Man, this is this is a young guy. That like, yeah, he's not going to score a touchdown on 50% of his touches, but he is explosive. He's part of the game plan as a true freshman, and he's catching passes at the running back position. Like, these are all good things. Um, he's, a, he's a guy that I'm not adding for CFF potential, though. I'm adding him for Debbie potential. I think once Alton McCaskill gets back on this team and healthy, um, I think we see a lot of him. And I'm sure Samson will vulture some touchdowns and make some big plays. Edwards, 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 Edwards. Holy Edwards, crap. Edwards. <laughs> I'm sure Edwards will vulture <laughs> some touchdowns, make some big plays along the way. But I do think Alton McCaskill will be the RB1 eventually for Colorado. Yeah. It's hard to bet on eight touches a game for um, CFF purposes, even if he is averaging an obscene yard per touch, which I think he will continue to. And, and so I think he'll continue to here. catch passes. So I do see, you know, four or five receptions a game, which is four or five points. Yeah, not the way he's playing. All right. Yeah, I mean, Dylan, <laughs> yeah. Dylan, Dylan Sampson's on my list too, and I feel all the same ways about him. My gut says you have to spend a lot more to get Edwards. Edwards will be, you, will, you yes. know, will be producing as a true freshman in a way Dylan Sampson didn't. But otherwise, it's kind of all the same, right? We think that they're guys that have a future at the next level, despite being small. Um, the NFL is obviously not staying away from this undersized speedback profile anymore. Uh, I mean, James Cook, Devin A. Chain, right? And uh, those these guys are in that mold for sure. So I got Keandre Lambert-Smith out there. He's owned in 78% leagues right now, which – those numbers are probably a little bit skewed, but I mean, I don't think you got to spend up. He doesn't have the new toy shine on him. Um, did score a lot this this week, but uh, I think you can get him for a reasonable price and have a great CFF asset. Yeah, he probably plays in the NFL, but I don't think there's anything you got to worry about from Debbie. Um, Roman really? Wilson, do you? I think he could be. Could he? He's he? athletic to be. He's I think he has athletic. the talent and athleticism to be if he's productive. It's just a tough profile for me when you really haven't been able to to take the work over from guys that weren't significant. You know what I mean? You played backseat to Parker Washington for three years. Parker Washington's a day three pick. Parker Washington's not an NFL starter. So I think, I think, I'd, rather, I think I'd rather pick up Harrison Wallace than Lambert Smith. Yeah, so my, my my number nine item here just says Penn State wide receivers, right? It's Harrison Wallace and then also um, the kid that came from Malik Florida. McLean. McLean actually played really well too. Harrison Wallace has been there longer. I think he got the targets. I think you see that. Um, I feel like 
mostly for waivers. I'm coming from a CFF point of view because I just feel like it's rare that you really get like high end Debbie talent here. But like, I want to win my CFF leagues. Like, yeah, you you can, but God, for all you know, I'm I'm gonna pick up Kandy Lambert Smith, and he's gonna have a Rishi type Rice type ascension and, and and wander into to you know round three of the NFL draft. Like, we just don't know that much, right? So give me the guy that's at least gonna score points now and help me win. It's kind of usually where I'm coming from. So Lambert Smith's on my list. Roman Bolson's on my list for the same thing. Could stumble into the NFL draft. Um, the one guy we haven't talked about much was Dion Burks. It's his highlights look good from that game, man. He was breaking tackles. He was getting vertical after the ball. Um, yeah, that game. That game from Purdue was the exact opposite in terms of uses that I expected. I expected TJ Sheffield to be the main wide receiver. It was it was Deion Burks. I expected Devin Mockaby to be the pass catching running back, and it was Tyrone Tracy. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Mockaby Not how I saw. Purdue coming. Yeah. Um, yep. And then the other guy, I, I've noticed Jimmy Horn's available on waivers in a lot of my leagues still. He, he ought not to be. Um, you know, if Hunter's not the wide receiver one there, I think it's Horn. They matched uh, leg for leg in targets. And again, I just can't see Hunter doing this every week. It seems unsustainable to me. So uh, that's what I got. And then most of those guys, I'm throwing a few bucks at, though. I don't like, I don't like, Unless I unless I see a clear NFL future for a guy, I'm throwing a few bucks at him. Four or five, I think they're going to be a popular waiver ad. Like I said, I'm okay letting people take some of those guys unless they're really filling a, filling a spot I need. I just, I don't know, man. It could be Roman Wilson this week. It could be Cornelius Johnson next week. Like, you don't know. Yeah, I like to spend up on week one. That's the thing. I usually do as well, but I don't know. I see a lot of guys here that have the potential to be useful. Yeah. Right. And I think you'll get a couple of them for like $4, right? If I put a $4 bid on all these guys, I'm probably getting two of them. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, I, I'm with you. I think that's, that's what I got. That's what I got. I got one more name for you here. Cause I was just doing some data scouting while you were talking last and uh, Creed Whittemore is currently leading many categories. Um, that's the guy from old, from Miss State that you said many categories of his class. And there's a fella named Barry Jackson, of 2.41 receiving yards per attempt. Uh, I mentioned Barry Jackson when we talked about Cincinnati. I literally have an article about him in the WordPress that I'm writing right now. Yeah. 13.5 PPR points so far, but 2.4 receiving yards per team pass attempt. That's a class-leading number. Whittemore is right behind him. And it's Trent Hudson from New Mexico State, who has been averaging almost 14 points per game. There, So he's a little bit interesting. And then behind him is Greathouse, Petaway, Deuce, you know, Mikey Matthews. Yeah. From Utah. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had kind of given up on the uh... – Barry Jackson article because I was like, really this three star? I'm gonna write an article about this little three star guy, but God, I I really wanted to see him on the field this week, and I, I'm glad he got on the field. I I wasn't able to check the Cincinnati stats to see that before this, but I'm glad he got on the field. Yeah, um, 15% dominator in that game. 
not a huge reception share, but a lot of yardage share and and a 5.24 EPA per play. So he must have had like a couple of big plays, but um, yeah, he got a 65 yard pass. <laughs> what? That's good, man. Is that pass. all he, he did? That's all he did. Oh. He yeah, he played four snaps. <laughs> <laughs> he played four snaps, had a touchdown. He's probably playing more next week. That's true. That's true. <laughs> okay. I think that's enough from us. Um, please tune in again. We hope this is useful for you guys. If you're not following Kyle at Kale Fantasy, you ought to be. I am at EK Baller. Let us know how we're doing. Jump in the chat. Hop on, say hello. And if you're listening to this, check out the YouTube version as well because we do put some cool highlights on there. Sometimes we put some cool stats. Kyle's got actual graphics working now. We're up in our game this year, trying to bring you the best version of Debbie Dose that we can. So with that, I'm EK. That handsome man's Kyle. We're out.